There were two moments this week, one for Xbox and one for Windows. And if you understood that name little pun in the intro there, then you are a true Windows fan, my friends. It was an interesting week. There was some really big news on the Windows side. There was some really big news from Microsoft on the Xbox side. Hope you had a good week. It's Friday. It's Friday. It's hard not to be excited on a Friday. And so let's dive in. So there's, it's going to be impossible, I think, here on out talking about Microsoft and not talking about Bing AI, at least for the next couple weeks or maybe months as Microsoft continues to refine this. But they're adding new features all the time, chat selectors, smooth scrolling, and uh, continuing to push it everywhere that they possibly can to see what honestly I think sticks. I think they're throwing a lot of spaghetti at the walls lately, and they're trying to figure out where this is going to fit into the market. I think Microsoft is in an interesting position, and I think they know that, that they are currently the market leader of bringing chat. GPT or AI conversation to the consumer and to the end user. And so they are going to be aggressive in pushing it everywhere. It kind of reminds me of what Amazon did with the Alexa. I mean, they literally put it into microwaves and like wall clocks and everything, and they'll figure out where it just sticks. And, and Alexa is maybe on its way out because of chat GPT. We don't really know. But that is the strategy that Microsoft is taking. So look for Bing logos and chats and things in every little Microsoft product that you can imagine. I'll be curious to see if it ever comes to Xbox. OneNote has a new feature. Microsoft's putting some more life back into OneNote. You can now have horizontal and vertical tabs. So if you're, you know, you like to get your vertical tabs on, you can now you can now do that uh, and horizontal tabs and everything else. On the more interesting side, the Surface Laptop Studio successor has been spotted in Geekbench data mining. And so basically, this isn't all that, that surprising. I have a Surface Laptop Studio. I quite like it. It's probably my favorite Surface Laptop uh, of the modern generation for sure. And so it looks like it's going to be running a 13th gen CPU, GTX RTX or GeForce RTX 4060. This one was outfitted with 64 gigs of RAM. All this sounds like pretty normal updates and everything else. The, the one question I have, which depends on when this thing comes out, if it's running a 13th gen core i7 and a 4060, if it comes out in the spring, then it would be fine. It'd be right on par with what we'd expect. But Microsoft likes to ship this stuff like late in the year and in the fall timeline, in the October timeline, sometimes September, October. And by that point, the 13th gen will probably be on its way out in favor of 14th gen, assuming that Intel ships 14th gen this year. So we'll kind of just see what happens if it stays updated. Either way, that's kind of Microsoft's marching motto with uh, Surface stuff. It's like always the best of last year's stuff is sort of just what Surface has been all about for a while now. Now, Windows 11 had its moment this week. It had moment number two specifically, and there's some issues that I have with how Microsoft did this, but let's just dive into the positive side first. There's a bunch of new features. I mean, we're talking tabs in Notepad. We're talking full screen widgets. We're talking a tablet taskbar system thing. We're talking a brand new system tray. Microsoft is shoving a lot in here. And we're also talking about a link that Microsoft put on the taskbar for Bing AI. Microsoft stole the headlines with Bing AIs now on the desktop, but it's not, it's not. All they did was they actually just put a URL to the, the Bing service on the web. And so it's, Whatever, Microsoft won the marketing game. You know, good for them. They got the headlines that they wanted, even despite the fact that what they delivered isn't really kind of what people wanted. Uh, but either way, you can now access Bing somewhat directly from the desktop. Maybe the more deep native desktop integration will be coming with Windows 12, uh, which we'll talk about here in a second. But either way, so all this stuff came out. It's fine. It, it's delivered with a KB update. So here, here's like my issue with how Microsoft did this. 
Typically and historically for I don't know how long Microsoft's been in existence doing Patch Tuesdays, they would ship an update like this on Patch Tuesday. And then suddenly this week, as a, a keep in mind, I'm coming at this from the perspective of a developer who supports applications on Windows. They said this week, we're going to ship this just whenever the heck we feel like it. So Patch Tuesday is really any day that start, ends in a Y, according to Microsoft. And they just started shipping this update with a brand new system tray just whenever. Um, it, I, I, on one side, it's like, yes, I'm glad that they're delivering features faster, which is great, but there's zero consistency across how Microsoft does any of their updates anymore. So pretty much you can just expect things to arrive whenever, such as there's going to be a new file explorer that's built on the WinApp SDK that came out into uh, the dev channel this week, yeah, just dev. And we would assume that that would arrive with like a moment three on a patch Tuesday, but given how Microsoft is just sort of doing whatever they want and throwing no caution to the wind or whatever regard for anything, it might just arrive tomorrow. Who knows? Who knows? Microsoft Microsoft says, I'm not going to live within the confines of consistent and reliable updates. I, they have gone the complete inverse of what Apple does, which, you know, you know, that's Microsoft. They can do whatever they want, where Apple is one update per year. Microsoft is doing like one update per every six weeks or something like that. I don't know. Uh, they seem to love to do it this way. And I... Think of it from a, a brand perspective. Does Microsoft get more out of having one large update where there's a ton of features per year or just this scattershot of little features every once in a while? Well, I don't know. You know, that's up for the judge and the jury to decide, but that's the route that Microsoft has gone. Uh, one of the other big features announced with this release is that Windows 11 now interacts with your iPhone. So there's Phone Link, not that they've renamed this thing like five different times, it seems like. But phone link, and they got the they got the headlines they wanted. Phone link now supports iMessage, or I should say, Windows 11 now supports iMessage. Friends, I'm here to tell you that you are going to be very disappointed with this experience. All it can do is basic iMessage at best. So if you have a car, which I'm assuming most people do, and you can send a text message in your car that goes through as an iMessage, that is the experience that Microsoft has hijacked. It's basically the automobile model, meaning you can sync your phone to your Windows 11 PC, but you are not going to be able to get group text messages. You are not going to be able to get rich media messages, so no videos or anything else. And you can only do one message at a time. So basically you get only, literally only text can go through iMessage to one user at a time. Like it's not the full rich experience. It is very much a classic 80% of the experience. Yes, you can send iMessages from Windows is technically correct, but it is not what you want. You're going to go get there and get it installed. And uh, yeah, you're going to be disappointed. And granted, this honestly isn't even unique to Windows 11. Uh, Intel had their app. Dell had their app. Didn't Intel buy the app from Dell or something like that? Like that, the phone stuff. And either way, yeah. So there you go. Uh, on the Windows 12 front, there was a leak this week about the, I believe it's the next chipsets that are coming from Intel. Meteor Lake potentially is the name, I believe, if I remember correctly. The thing you're going to have to get used to, and I'm pretty sure I've already said it, is NPUs. NPUs for you, NPUs for Intel. If it doesn't have an NPU, it may not work with Windows 12. We don't actually know. This would be super interesting. So the NPUs, for lack of a better term, for layman terms, if you will, is pretty much meaning the onboard AI component. Now, we've already seen these things on the Qualcomm side of the Windows world. So if you have, uh, what is it, Surface Pro X, like that side of the industry for Microsoft Windows on ARM, because you can only come from uh, Qualcomm, uh, those things have NPUs, and they do some fancy-ish features like background blur and some other stuff with the webcam. I don't know if that's a killer feature, 
I'm not really sold on that one in particular, but Intel is bringing NPUs to their chipset line. I would imagine AMD is as well. And so that leaked. And the reason that's important is that the leaker said that they noted that the words Windows 12 were also tagged along with this product line for support. So very clearly, Microsoft's looking at NPUs. That's the next big wave of innovation coming to Windows desktops and laptops. And which raises the question, will you need an NPU to be able to run Windows 12? That's a big gamble for Microsoft, right? They've already raised the floor for what Windows 11 needed with the TPM. Are they going to do it? Are they going to go really bold and say, look, if you were to run Windows 12, you need an NPU. And we're, we know most of the industry doesn't have it. So just go buy yourself a new computer. You'll be good for it. The OEMs would be uh, <laughs> ecstatic about this. It's the only way to describe it because they would be selling a ton of new hardware to support Windows 12. It would be a very long and slow update cycle for Microsoft to get people over to Windows 12, but maybe that's what they're counting on. Maybe a lot of people, they might just skip Windows 11 and go straight 10 to 12. We don't quite really know, but the NPUs will be the thing to watch, or maybe they position it like, look, you can run Windows 12, but if you want the full experience, you need an NPU, which raises another question. Can you get a plug-in card? Remember those physics cards from way back in the day could you is there going to be an and like a, a pci express or an m.2 i think is one route some i've heard for an npu to be plugged into your your pc who knows who really knows either way windows 12 looks like it's coming 2024 keep your eyes and opens for that i doubt we would get an announcement this year we would probably if they do it like last time we might get an announcement in the next june with it shipping later in that year that's how they did windows 11 at least now, on to the second moment, as I noted, on the gaming side, Microsoft had a really interesting week. Actually, two positive things coming up on the Xbox side. Microsoft, according to a third-party firm, Ampere Analysis, has sold 18.5 million consoles. Now, that is significant for a lot of reasons. Everyone's going to say, but Brad... Gosh darn it, Brad, Sony has sold 32 million PlayStation 5s. This was the year that Xbox was going to win. No, that was never the expectation. If you watch any amount of time on this podcast, the, the YouTube channel, I've always made point that last generation was noted that it was for every two consoles sold from PlayStation, one of Xbox was sold. Right now, Microsoft is selling 58%, so not perfectly 8% above where they were from the last generation. The, the takeaway here is that Microsoft is actually closing the gap between how how many PlayStations are sold versus how many Xboxes are sold. So that's actually a pretty positive news, despite the fact that, yes, they are trailing PlayStation, but that was always expected to be the narrative, is that Microsoft would, in fact, be behind. But if it's anything less than that two-to-one ratio, which it is by a decent margin, then Microsoft will be doing well this generation, which it appears that they are. Also, the other bombshell news this week is that the Xbox got a... Well... It leaked, according to Reuters, that Microsoft is going to get approval in the EU to be able to buy Activision. That is a huge deal. This is one of the things that Microsoft is counting on to grow Game Pass, their software as a service model on the Xbox side. So look for that to be going through. We won't know anything officially until April 25th. They've got to get all their ducks in a row. Their ducks meaning the EU, and they've got to say, Microsoft, if you agree to these terms, sign on this lauded line, and then we will approve your transaction, which really just means that the U.S. is the only entity left. Microsoft, I realistically don't think, cares about the CMA in the U.K. I, that's the feeling that I get from out of uh, camp Microsoft, if you will. Also, be looking for some additional changes, potentially, in uh, 343, whispers around the tea leaves and everything else suggest that we might see more changes on that side of the house uh, in the near-ish future as well. Uh, PC Game Pass has also passed 40 or is now available in 40 new countries. Microsoft is continuing its onslaught of expanding that service. And also, Halo Infinite players have made more than a million creations in 
Forge. I probably should have combined those two little Halo bits of news. Um, but yeah, there you go. Million items created in Forge. That's the thing that if Halo's going to have a chance at a long-term future, it's Forge and potentially whatever their little battle royale thing that they're dabbling in right now as we speak. All right, time for the questions of the week. We got a handful in the hopper. Let's get ready here. Jay Wolf says, hey, Brad, hope you're doing, hope you are doing well, Jay. Uh, the EU regulators announced this week that they needed more time to extend the deadline an extra 10 days to April 25th. But then today, Reuters claims that the EU regulators will likely give Microsoft the green light to merger. Is the extra 10 days to hash out the paperwork or something else, according to Reuters? Uh, that would be my guess, is that, look, if you think about it, if, if they were going to come out and say, nah, there's no way we're going to approve this, you would think that would be actually be a little bit easier of a decision if you think about it because it's like, just no. But if they are going to approve it, then they need to get everything done because they know they've effectively got one shot at this, right? They've got to get Microsoft to agree to a specific set of terms, and those terms are going to be hard because they need buy-in from a lot of different entities, potentially Sony as well. And so those 10 extra days likely help flesh that out. He says, also, do you think the CMA will still fight even if the US and, and you even if the EU and US are okay with it? Probably not. I mean, if you got the biggest entities on the planet, I think even China is expected to sign off on this. So it really is all the biggest entities on the planet are signing off on this acquisition. The the CMA doesn't have a lot to stand on effectively at that point. Codguard says, B to the rad. Happy Friday. Random questions for you. He says, I know you play a lot of Call of Duty. I'm sure it's mostly Warzone. It is mostly Warzone. Uh, but if you play regular multiplayer, I do play regular on occasion, just not as much as Warzone. Uh, what's your favorite map types and what's your playstyle? I am an old peasant when it comes to the Call of Duty multiplayer. Multiplayer. I like just playing shipment. Like I love the insanity of shipment. Uh, small maps are my jam. If I want to play big maps, I'm almost. That's why I play Warzone or effectively Resurgence now. What is that? The new island map uh, is what I play primarily. Uh, but man, th there is some sort of dopamine hit when you play shipment and you have a good streak and you can get your kill streaks called in. That is, um, yeah, yeah. That is. Uh, <laughs> Shipment, shipment is my drug of Call of Duty. Is uh, yeah, uh, he says that TV behind you. Do you ever watch anything on it, or is it mostly just a backdrop? It, I used to play Xbox on this, so before I refinished my basement, I actually this used to be my primary Xbox TV. But now that I finished the basement, I have an LG OLED over uh, over there on the other side of the wall that you can't see. So this thing back here, this nice TV, is literally just for backdrops, and I change it depending on which where, where we're recording or anything else. He says, "Have a phenomenal weekend, and congratulations on beating the computer in hard." Yes, the other big news of the week is I, I play a lot of Age of Empires. Uh, Phil Spencer actually did an interview this week where he said he, that's the game he just like keeps going back to. And that's the same. That's the same with me. Like I, I keep going back to it. And so I've been trying to beat the computer on hard. And we're talking 1v1 on hard. And I finally did it. I finally did it last night. It took, no joke, like three days to do this. You can save your game and then come back to it for those who aren't super familiar. But it took a long time to do it. And I finally beat the computer on hard and it was a a grueling match by all accounts so mr pki coming in as he always does i know you like a game discussion phil spencer yes he did got 100 percent completion on vampire survivors recently which congrats to him have you been able to get 100 yourself i have not so once i beat red death and i got some of the other levels unlocked i really just kind of stopped chasing that 100 percent primarily because Vampire Survivors is a wonderful game. If you haven't played it, highly recommend it. It's a lot of fun. It's a lot of uh, like 2D. It's a classic game style. I really enjoy it. I'll, I still play it on occasion. But once I beat 
the Red Death. And once I got through a lot of things, there's a ton of achievements in that game. So Phil Spencer getting 100% on that means he was really grinding it out to get 100%. And so congrats to him on doing that because that is quite the journey. But I am not, I actually am not quite sure how far along I am. I think I'm like 60%, something like that. So uh, he says, I know everyone is waiting for Starfield, but have you tried out Atomic Heart? I have not touched Atomic Heart yet. I have too many games I like playing right now. I really like the new Call of Duty Resurgence map. I really like that. So when I'm playing with friends, that's what I'm playing. And then if I'm playing by myself, right now it's, it's Age of Empires. Like, I, I really like Age of Empires. I still have yet to complete the GoldenEye. I've played about halfway through that. And then when those three games aren't feeling it, like, I'll, I will honestly probably jump back into Vampire Survivors. And like, that's it. Um, that's where I'm at right now on my, like if you log into the dashboard of, of my Xbox console, which by the way, so total random aside, not in the show notes, but uh, where's the new dashboard? Remember Microsoft made this big deal. It's like, we're bringing a new dashboard in 2023. And we've seen next to nothing, like just let the air out of the balloon. We haven't really seen any significant updates in any meaningful way. So we'll see. Will comes wrapping it up at the end of the week. Brad, at the end of Halo Infinite, the new AI is searching for a name, and while it is not revealed what that name is, what do you think the universe would be like if they went with Bing? Wow. Okay, so obviously the AI in uh, Halo Infinite, or Halo series I should say, is known as Cortana. Cortana is gone. She leaves the series. She exits stages left, stage left, and there's a new AI, same color, and what if they just came back and they not, they launch Halo Infinite, or like Halo Beyond, whatever they're going to call it, and like, here's your new AI. Bing. Like, <laughs> that would be the worst crossover episode ever. It would be the worst. Uh, this is a joke with Microsoft, but you never know, like, I know, I know what you're saying. Like we joke, like Microsoft would never rewrite File Explorer just to make it look the same, and yet they are. Uh, Microsoft would never announce a dashboard update and make it look exactly the same, but worse. Hmm. Um, Microsoft would never rename Cortana Bing in Halo World. Hmm. Uh, I. It's a terrible thought. <laughs> they would call this thing Bing, uh, but you know what? Maybe they'll do it just to be like, you know what? At this point, we're self-aware. We're gonna call this thing Bing. We're gonna shove it in here. And uh, yeah, and I hope not. I hope not. But I do hope everybody hung out all the way until the end. I always enjoy this. I will continue to do this until the sun explodes and we all die of a heat death or something like that. A little ooh, a little morbid for a Friday. Hopefully you had a wonderful week. And that wraps it up for this week, my friends. As always, make sure to keep it subscribed here because the only BS on this podcast is me. <laughs>